If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is O.J. Howard, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert as we continue to go through the fallout of free agency. Here's the twenty uh, the twenty twenty league year has opened in the NFL. A quick thing before we get started, please, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you give us a rating and a review and, and Apple Podcasts. I see that a few of you guys did it. It is uh, really helping with everything we need to keep on pushing to get these pods out here during this um, during this time. Whenever uh, you know, we'd like to get you some uh, some good NFL entertainment, and the NFL is always providing entertainment because of the free agency, the upcoming draft. We have a lot of insight and a lot of intelligence about all of it. But for us to keep getting it out with the same frequency, we're gonna need your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And it's super simple to do. You can just go in on your phone. In your podcast player, you can just uh, click the search button down on the very bottom right. When you do that, just just type in the search bar, Roster Watch. After you type in R-O-S-T, it will just pop up already. You just click right there on Roster Watch Podcast. A picture of our image art will come up. When it does, just click on that. And then it'll take you to a new page where you can just type, click that furthest right star to give us a five-star rating and give us a review. It will be very, very helpful, and it'll keep this content coming with the frequency that you've come to expect. With all that said, Byron, what the hell's going on, brother? Just trying to spend as much time as possible out in the open, by the water, taking as much of this fresh ocean air as I can. Yeah, it's ocean air for you, lake air for me. I just, I wish that I wish that I could catch as good a fish in, in, here in Lake Travis as, as, as you can there on the sun coast of Florida. I still can't figure out how to, I figured out how to find the brush piles where I feel like the crappie should be right with, with, with the fish finder. I've, 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 I've added on my kayak. So now I have a kayak that's motorized where I can get from spot to spot. I have a fish finder with GPS where I can mark brush piles. I still can't find any goddamn crappie. It's the only thing I really want to eat out of the lake. Should I maybe just try and catch some catfish and see if I maybe like those better now than I, than I used to. You can feed them to your kids. Just tell them it's <laughs> tell them it's fish sticks. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sure as I'm not going to eat eat, eat eat any of those bass. Uh, but these people didn't come here to hear about the fishy takes. I don't think. Maybe some of them did. They they want to hear about free agency. What what the hell should we start with? 
difficult to start anywhere other than with the headliners at running back that dropped uh, in recent days, Alex. We had Todd Gurley, who wound up in Atlanta on a one-year deal after he was cut by the Los Angeles Rams, and then Melvin Gordon, who just ate total shit in free agency, uh, finally got picked up by Denver. <laughs> that asshole wanted $13 million a year. I think his total deal is just for just, just north of $13 million, right, in Denver over two years? It's like $6.5 million a year. Ended up in Denver. Says he wanted to stay in the division and get his revenge against the Chargers okay. twice a year. Okay. I'm sure Telesco's shaking in his fucking boots. Looks like he really didn't have very many options and certainly ended up <laughs> taking a big, big hit, you know, financially. I'm not sure he would have ever gotten more than that from the Chargers. I think he would. Was I, a, think the, I think the Chargers final – wasn't the Chargers final deal closer to 10? Wasn't that their final offer? I believe so. I mean, it wasn't it was ever getting into the Todd were, Gurley or yeah, Zeke Elliott territory. They weren't going to get but there, they, but it was getting – Or, or the Le'Veon for, Bell. It was getting, it was, but it wasn't. They said they weren't going to go to that tier, but they came to the precipice of something close to that tier, and he sh- he should have taken it. I think, it, dude, this is this is a this is a this is a cautionary tale for I think any any of these running backs. You know, not everybody's going to get the Derrick Henry, Ezekiel. L. You have to really, you have to really, really flex on these teams and you have to make these teams very very uncomfortable with it, the, the very identity of what it is that they do and I think it, when you're Zeke Elliott you can do it right I mean Jerry Jones whenever he talks all year about how Zeke's the you know we have this guy we have this guy we have this guy we have all the pieces in place but Zeke is the is, is the straw that stirs the drink right I think it's pretty clear that the identity of the Tennessee Titans last season was you know Ryan Tannehill being efficient, but it, it's a it was a Derrick Henry offense. It was a Derrick Henry identity. You know, it's a smash mouth. We're gonna run it down your throat with our big fucking robot of a monster running back, Derrick Henry, and we're and we're just gonna kick your ass. We're gonna put your dick in the dirt. Then there's Todd Gurley, who, whenever he got his big contract, he was coming off a season where he was. I mean. There were arguments to where you could have thought about him as the MVP that year. You know, he was he was being rewarded for a great season. Les Snead said as much at the time. McVay said as much at the time. And it's like the teams that get strapped with these big contracts, generally it turns out bad. We've talked about it with Derrick Henry. It could have been smart not to it could have been smart not to not to do this. I'm not sure. It could be, you know, it's like um it's like he told uh, – what's the GM's name there? Uh, John, John Robinson. John Robinson. It's like he said at the Combine, you know, I could end up looking really smart. I couldn't end up looking really dumb. It's kind of, you know, that's kind of my job. You make, you make decisions on players and it could go one way or the other. He could end up looking smart. He could end up looking dumb. There was nothing about the identity of the Los Angeles Chargers that was wrapped up with Melvin Gordon, period. And, and, and you cannot put a team over the barrel whenever the identity of the team and the, and the, and the offense – is not wrapped up in what you bring to the offense. And so Mel, these cities like Melvin Gordon, when, when they hold out moving forward, it's a, it, it's a cautionary tale. Unless you are everything to that offense, when you hold out, they're going to tell you to go get fucked. Yeah, and it just tells me, too, that the league still doesn't view Melvin Gordon as an elite athlete or you know elite trait-wise at his position, even though he's put up some very productive seasons and – really shown a lot of three down capability and in some, in, 
and it's sometimes maybe been an undervalued uh, player, but certainly something kind of went wrong there uh, between player and organization in Los Angeles as well. But like you say, Alex, this is one of these circumstances where Melvin Gordon probably cost himself some money and free agency didn't work out uh, quite how he'd want it to. And in terms of fantasy, he ended up in what's potentially going to be a uh, you know a running back by committee here. I, I do think Melvin Gordon is going to get a chance to get plenty of run in Denver in the young offense. But as I see it, both Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon slotting in here is RB2s, maybe for different reasons. I actually think they're probably ultimately going to be pretty closely ranked if uh, you had to put rankings up today or if you looked at you know, ADPs here in coming days. I would expect those guys to be in a pr- pretty similar range. Actually, maybe an interesting discussion, uh, you know, comparing the two of those guys and who you might like more heading into next year as a uh, as a setting to kind of discuss uh, what these different situations look for these two players. Are you, um, so with Melvin Gordon, are you talking about Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley? Yes. So I think I like, I think I like Todd Gurley better, right? Because Todd Gurley's a goat. I don't know if, if like, if he's, Melvin Gordon, man, our buddy Matt Kelly, the podfather, has always talked about how Melvin Gordon every year is a sneaky candidate to fucking really get hurt. You know, he's always a sneaky candidate to miss a, miss a lot of time. Todd Gurley, I mean, what's he really walking into there? It's Ido Smith, it's Brian Hill, Quadri Allison. These, guys, I mean, Todd Gurley, he's going back home to Georgia, dude. I think he's going to be fired up to be in that offense. And as much as we think that he was just absolutely just awful last year, I mean, if you look at Todd Gurley's statistics from the from the 2019 season, I mean, it wasn't Todd Gurley, right? It wasn't the Todd Gurley that we all love. But I mean, in PPR, he was still a still a hot kind of a high end to middling running back too. He was right there with Josh Jacobs. You know, he he was with there. He was he was better last year than better last year than Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary. All those, you know, he's he's best. I mean. What, 0.8 fantasy points in PPR less last season than Melvin Gordon was whenever he was healthy. And Todd Gurley played 15 games. Melvin Gordon only played 12. Todd Gurley was a decent, uh, you know, high-level running back two last year. And now you're putting him in a, in a position where it's gonna, I think it's going to be hard for him to – I mean, how many touches for, for, for Todd Gurley this year if, if you had to project it? Last 17 year, touches had, a game, 17 a game, which is exactly coincidentally what he had last year. And I arrived at that number for a different reason, but okay, 17 well, touches for a game. I think that that's and perfectly, I, that's about the, that's probably about where I would have landed if I would have gone down my whole, going down my whole spiel here. So why don't you tell me why you got to 17 per game for, for Todd Gurley? Well, I just think that's the, what he can handle. And if you look back and you see, the way that the running back carries were split up last year in Atlanta. It's just, it's, 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 that's a good number for, that's a good number for Todd Gurley. And the thing that really surprised me though, Alex, is that as good of a receiver as Todd Gurley is, I, his targets were less last year than I expected to when I look back at the statistics. So to your point, I think you can make a pretty good argument that he's going to walk right into a whole bunch of those targets that Devontae Freeman was oh, getting yeah. last year. And from oh, a PPR yeah. perspective, uh, that's that's a, a going to be a really nice boon there. Just in terms of 
overall viability over the course of the season in terms of touches, though, you know, that 17, 17 estimate, you know, I, I just that's a very comfortable estimate and projection. And, you know, looking back, looking back to last year. When it seemed like they should have still been getting, you know, guys like Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown a little bit more involved, I expected to see more touches for Todd Gurley last year than he really had. So I looked back, I said, okay, he was right at that same mark last year. So this is how the Rams evaluated him as well. And he had plenty of chance to get more run last season. So to me, that's a comfortable spot. I think he walks into. It's just different though, man. McVay was not worried. McVay and Snead weren't worried about their jobs. The same way that Quinn is going to be, you know, Quinn and Dimitrov, these guys are worried about their jobs this year. I don't think they're going to be worried about Todd Gurley's health, worried about preserving him. I, I but I, I do think the 17 I get is it, fine. But they, I, I think I, it's fine I, to project. You know, I think it's fine to project. But I'm saying I think that the mentality, I don't think that we can necessarily take the Rams evaluation in their line of thinking for the 2019 season and, and you know, pay it. You know, play it yeah, forward. But there's a reason pr- they know, I mean, he, he had been hampered by injury for a while at that point. They, he just can't uh, simply, I get it, but look, they weren't long for Todd Gurley either. They could have run his wheels off as well either. They were as too. They were fighting for a playoff spot. But they just given him a mega deal. I, I understand that through, at, at some point during the season, we talked about it last year. We said, look, the fucking, the kid gloves got to fucking come off of Todd Gurley. We talked, but we just said, what are we doing here? We didn't pay, we, we didn't pay this guy just to pay him. So we have a high dollar running back. We paid this guy so we can get back to the goddamn, we, we can get back to the dance, man. We, so we, we can make another deep run. Right, and at some point last season, the light switched on. They're like, "Oh shit, we can't keep rationing out these goddamn carries. We need to, you know." So I, I, I do understand that at at a certain point in the season, that's that that switch did flip for them. The fact that he's on a one year deal with these Falcons, with with two with a coach and a GM on the hot seat, makes me think that he could come out. He could have to come out hot right out of the gate. And you know what? If that's the case, maybe it makes me a little bit more worried about his long-term sustainability uh, as, as a player who can be able to hold up to the load because, you know, we do know that he has the arthritic knee condition and he's had trouble staying healthy. But I think all things being said, I think 17 to 18 touches a game makes plenty of sense for me too. And yeah. That- and so, I mean, it shapes up similar to, you know, I think like, I think it's the type of workload Mark Ingram would have had last year if the Ravens weren't blowing people out all the time, but maybe with a little bit of a heavier receiving volume, I like the idea that he could come out of the uh, gate a little bit quicker there. It's just, you know, to, uh, to me, the fact they gave him a one year deal also signals, I get it that that regime may not be around longer, but he could have demanded more. I think it signals that everybody knows that his durability is a question mark, you know, beyond beyond this season and maybe including this season so okay so i like i like what you're saying there my instinct is that this is really coincidentally just both two separate players from the same draft class just here signed by these different teams but my instinct is that for fantasy purposes uh, Gurley and gordon at this point are going to be ranked pretty pretty closely in that rb2 range and alex my initial thought was just like yours my instinct was I think it's Gurley. There's a lot of it's intuitive that Gurley is probably the guy gun to head I take there over Gordon, especially if I think he's going to inherit some of that Freeman role. However, the more I thought about it, and I think you make a good argument about Gordon being a sneaky 
uh, injury candidate because to me, I believe along with his sub elite athletic profile, that's the other thing he's been stigmatized in terms of his value within league circles, which directly affected his viability in his tenure in Los Angeles and his offseason market this year. So I, you can argue that Melvin Gordon, while, while Todd Gurley is probably the more injured player or uh, you know, he's, he's probably the closest to the end of his career from that perspective. You can argue based on durability to date that Melvin Gordon also has those concerns, but the kind of the more I thought about it is look, I think Royce Freeman is now dust. He's shown that he's got mm-hmm. nothing for yep. the NFL. So I mean, this is, I'm the even Melvin thinking Gordon. about, I'm even thinking like I, I, I have to make some moves in dynasty in a deep dynasty league. And I, I'm kind of thinking I might need to, I might need to drop him just to be able to keep all my rookie picks. It sucks. It sucks. So I think Royce Freeman's dust. My instinct all along was that if Melvin Gordon got the big free agent contract, it would be to be a workhorse. That didn't happen in this scenario, of course. And Philip Lindsay's not going anywhere. But I think if you take Royce Freeman out of the picture and all of a sudden Gordon's going to get that hammer banger role on top of the rest of his capabilities on the field. So But just before you say that you – you haven't seen these like reports from guys like Mike Kliss and some of these Denver people saying that saying that they've they've kind of signed him to be the lead back and the and the workhorse and a lot of the people around there are tilted because they think that Philip Lindsay earned and de- and deserves that 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 money. Um, there is sort of that sentiment out there between with some of the local sentiment media. among who some harebrained zany local fans? media local media yeah that's a cockamamie bullshit this time of year but think about the bottom line i believe that he was potentially signed to be the workhorse but the more i drilled down the more i remember too that philip Lindsay has never been the pass receiving threat that it seemed like he should or could have been from a PPR perspective. And Melvin Gordon has shown that piece of the game. So I'm sitting here giving Todd Gurley all this credit for this receptions he may walk into here. I think there's actually a really good chance Melvin Gordon walks into a lot of receptions here because I think Freeman's (laughs) out. He wasn't a pass catching guy anyways. Lindsay hadn't been a pass catching guy. All of a sudden Gordon is more than likely the best pass catching option out of that backfield on top of the fact that he's probably going to get, you know, a lot of the first and second down work. I, 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 there, there is an argument for that narrative that he could be sneaky on track to a pretty big So I start saying, okay, who's got more upside here? I mean, I like Gurley a lot, but in some ways I think Melvin Gordon may actually have more upside because I think he can also earn the receptions I think he can potentially earn a pretty clear-cut lead role, and he is – I'd like to say he's the healthier player of the two. Well, he'll get, the, he'll get the Raiders twice. He'll get the Chargers twice, and then we all know what the Kansas City Chiefs last year – I don't know if it's going to be the same this year, but we know what they seeded two running backs last year through the air, right? Running backs and tight ends. It wasn't necessarily great for – Fantasy production for tight ends there for the KC Chiefs, but I, I just know in kind of curating the matchup tool every week, I know that they were one of the teams that allowed the most overall receptions to those two positions. So that's something interesting to keep in mind as well. And I think the, I think where this brings us to is I can't get any of these guys that we mentioned on the cheat sheet. Now the cheat sheet now up to version one point two up on the um, up on the website rosterwatch.com. That is as of early Monday morning, 
but I'm already here kind of looking to update things for version 1.3. And when I do, I can't get any of those, any, any of these players above Kenyon Drake. Now that David Johnson's gone or Austin Eckler, right? But I do think that they are right there with them. And do you, do you have a pencil out Byron or a pen? Or can you, I don't know if you can remember this because it's like seven. It's like one of these questions that we get on the serious show where you, where you got to kind of write it down. All right, I got it. Okay, so how do you how do you order these guys? So Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, and then Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson. Ooh. It's tough, Miles. right? Is there one that stands out to you at the very top? Well, I always liked how you had the Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary tier. Who was right b- between Singletary and Bell, Alex? Um, there was t- well, currently I have currently I ha- currently I have it like this: Sanders, Singletary, Gurley, Ingram, Bell, Gordon, Carson. So Mark Ingram is in there. Yeah. Man, I think I'm – is Miles Sanders too high in this thing? I'm putting Mark Ingram with Gordon and Todd Gurley, and I'd put those guys over the Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary, but I think you have that ranking correct. And I'd have both of them over Le'Veon Bell out of just a multitude of reasons. And then the wild card is Chris Carson. Now, do you start to sleep on Chris Carson just because – it's Chris Carson and because kind of out of sight, out of mind there towards the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, but then you have that report that came out from Brock Heward who – I mean I don't know exactly what he does for that team. But he's – you know Brock Heward. Do you know what he does for them? What does he do? He's like their preseason call guy and an insider. He's saying that – he's saying that he doesn't just think that they're going to be drafting a running back. He's 100 percent positive that they're going to be drafting a running back. He said count well, on it. If I had to guess, I would expect that Chris Carson's probably got the lowest ADP of those guys as well currently. So th- that makes a lot of sense. I think you get Ingram in with Gordon and Gurley somehow, and I like how you have Sanders and Singletary. And to me, Le'Veon Bell and Chris Carson's a nice maybe tier of its own or decision point itself. Okay, so so you like a you like a tier of just I'm just, I'm, I'm going to write this down with an old fashioned pen myself. So Gurley, Gordon, and Ingram are all in one tier that's just right there underneath the Austin Ecklers. And then after that, we'll have it be San- the Sanders and um, Singletary tier, right? And then underneath them, that's when we get to Le'Veon and then to Chris Carson. I mean, that fits like a glove, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And so now, so 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 now you're having to decide between Chris Carson or Kenny Galladay for that same shit sandwich we recently talked about. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, looks like I am. Um, looks like I'm on the. Uh, looks like I'm on the clock here for a couple picks in this. Uh, this 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 deep dynasty draft that I'm in. So uh, get to that here shortly. Get into the dynasty mindset. Of course, talking redraft and best ball right now. Anything? In, in, any other? Uh, any other quick hits that you want to get to before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, Alex, we really hadn't had a chance to talk about quarterbacks yet. What do you think about Tom Brady in Tampa? 
I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's fine. Your trash man and I talked about this. And if you wanted to listen back to the podcast, uh, not you, Byron, but if, you know the listeners, if they'd like to listen back, I had a talk with Ryan Lopes from Breakout Finder about um, more about what he was doing with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I moved him down on this late on this most recent version of the cheat sheet, just simply because I. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Tom Brady is going to take the same kinds of chances to get the ball to those guys that Jameis Winston did. I don't think anybody is going to. Um, I kind of think Brady's going to spread it. You know, we've seen Brady so much throwing it to the throwing it to his running backs and and throwing it to you know when he has a tight end that he trusts. I think that you know. Do you know who who, I, who have moved up a bunch on this on this um, sheet? I'm with you. I'm with you. Cameron Brait makes a ton of sense. I mean, O.J. Howard's going to be the one that everybody flocks to, but for some, don't you just think the Harvard guy? He's he's kind of up there from Boston in the Harvard area. Cameron. I mean, Bryson. I think it's the guy who's going to be on the field that can block and and the guy that counts. That's that's Bruce Arians, Heath Miller, whatever it is. It's enough to me. There's going to be enough Cameron Braid to take any sheen or most of the sheen off you're trying to people might be trying to put back on oj howard at this point i mean oj howard certainly becomes viable flyer tight end again see what you have may if you hit you could hit big but to me there's just you know they're tweeting out pictures of what the new offense is going to look like and it's like mike evans and chris godwin and brady and oj howard and i'm like where the hell is cameron braid who left him out of this photo Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 